This is an encore episode of Ask Me Another. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Cole. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. How's, how, how are things going? Well, I gotta say that uh, it's nice to talk to you because I feel like in my house we kind of We've run out of things to say to each other <laughs> at this yeah. point. I know some... the feeling. We're all in the same <laughs> small space together over and over again, and nothing uh, nothing really changes. And we, yeah. if it does, we all see it happen. So there's not <laughs> not too much opportunity to catch each other up on anything. Yeah, it is uh, it is interesting. I mean, most of the conversations I have with uh, my husband are, you know, they're just sort of like, hey, we got to eat that cauliflower before it rots. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I know <laughs> the little lot of that. <laughs> the little conversations that bind a bind a marriage together. It's a <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah, you know, because it's in my house. It's my husband and my five year old, and when my husband and I, you know, put the kid to bed, and there we are at night hanging out. Uh, you know, we've we've run out of uh, stories to tell each other about our yeah. lives that are new. Right. There's an initial period of the relationship where you're like, oh my gosh, I never told you the story about this. And then once you've worked through all of those over the many years that you've been together, then you just have to pretend for each other's benefit that you have not heard that story before or pretend that you definitely want to hear it again because you never tire of hearing it. (laughs) But you're sort of like you get in this mode where you're like, here's my top 20 and, uh, you know, I'm going to roll through them. Right, it's like, a it's like a stand-up set, right? You just kind of, let's see what else, yeah. what else, My what else do we list. have here? Oh, Jonathan totally is a set list, and sometimes when he tells a story, at the end of it, I'll be like, okay, you know what, that was um, that was actually a slice of life or an anecdote. I wouldn't actually call it a story, <laughs> because I feel like you did not learn anything at the end. <laughs> Right, a little, that's a little moth moth related criticism. Well, Afira, I don't I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but I am a little worried that you and I are about to run out of things to talk about. Maybe we should just start this show. Absolutely, this show definitely has a beginning, middle, and end. And the story begins <laughs> now. Joining us today is comedian Michelle Buteau. We'll chat with her about her new book, Survival of the Thickest, and hosting the Netflix reality show, The Circle. Plus, the filmmakers behind the Showtime docuseries Love Fraud, Rachel Grady and Heidi Ewing experience America's favorite game show, Is It a Lizard? But first, we have the hosts of the You're Wrong About podcast, so let's play some games. Our first two contestants host the podcast You're Wrong About. Michael Hobbs, Sarah Marshall, hello. 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 Your pod, You're Wrong About podcast is talking about debunking stories, urban legends, cultural figures, mm-hmm. uh, things that uh, were huge in the tabloids and going through it and trying to figure out, you know, the truth or at least what influenced the story mm-hmm. uh, as as we get to the truth. So from your listeners, have there been any of the stories that you've talked about that your listeners have freaked out the most about? One of the ones that our listeners cannot get over, which I was not expecting at all, is that one of the fun facts from when we did our Challenger explosion episode mm. was that the Challenger did not technically explode. 
it was like a jet of burning fuel that sort of popped out of the shuttle and it didn't make a sound. And so all of the broadcast networks that broadcast it, they added the sound of an explosion in post. We still get emails about that. Like, I cannot believe that they piped in the sound. Like, people are weirdly, like, offended by that, which I find really I'm, interesting. I'm still offended by it. I mean, it's, yes. it's very overt. It's like the <laughs> yeah. news admitting, like, yeah, this is it's an action movie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you right? want. All right. We have, uh, we have a couple of fun quizzes for you. Are you guys ready to play some games? Absolutely not. Oh, I'm yeah. terrified. Okay, no, no, don't be terrified. So you're competing. You'll take turns answering questions. Your first game is called A Whale of a Quiz. Uh, You're in for a treat because we have a special guest with us to ask the questions. He's a real blue whale, and his name is Jonathan Krilton. Jonathan (laughs) Krilton, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Big fan. Very nice to meet you, Sarah and Mike. (laughs) It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Are you comfortable? Not really. I, I'm much more comfortable when I'm in the water. So yeah. maybe we can make this quick. So let's go. Michael, this first one is for you. All right. As a blue whale, I weigh about about 200 tons. So the question is, how heavy do you think my heart is? Okay, oh. so ha- how heavy is a blue whale's heart? Is it... As heavy as two sea otters on a Vespa? As heavy as a school bus filled with dolphins? Or actually the same as the heavy heart of a human who just suffered a breakup? (laughs) These are all very esoteric. I like it. Uh, I'm going to say school bus. As heavy as a school bus filled with dolphins? Yes. Good guess. But it was actually as heavy as two sea otters on a Vespa. According to National Geographic, a blue whale's heart was thought to weigh as much as a car. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, but, within the last few years, scientists recently found that it's not that big. It's around 400 pounds. 400 pounds, which is roughly the weight of two sea otters on a Vespa. Vespa being about 250 pounds, depending on the model. And the sea otters can weigh about 40 to 100 pounds. I will mention that the sea otters in this example were not wearing helmets. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to check you about that. All right. Sarah, Sarah. this one is for you. Go go ahead, Ophira. (laughs) No, no, blue whale. Jonathan Krilton, you get in there. No, I can barely see the script because my eyes don't work in the air. (laughs) Can you say I want to play a game and then ask the question? Sure. (laughs) Sarah, Mm -hmm. I want to play a game. Mm. Okay, let's do it. Whale trivia. So I have a friend. His name is Humphrey. He's a humpback whale. And he's always migrating back and forth from the southern hemisphere to Antarctica. And he recently showed me a a photo slideshow from his last migration, which, to be honest, was a little boring. But what did these humpback whales do most of the time during that migration? Okay, so what do humpback whales do while they migrate? Do they, A, live off fat and don't eat until they get to Antarctica, where Mm. then they feast on krill? B, post way too many Instagram stories of the water? Or C, the babies and the parents take turns leading the group. Well, the third one sounds the most implausible, so I'm going to say that one. Oh, interesting. It is totally implausible because the answer is A. Oh, <laughs> they well. live oh. off. They live <laughs> Yeah, they just live off fat and don't eat until they get to Antarctica. Cool. And then they go crazy 
It's sort of like intermittent fasting, I think. It's actually. like if you're driving to Vegas and then you go to a big shrimp buffet. You don't want to spoil your appetite <laughs> on the way there. Yeah. That's I have right. to say it's a it's a good time. You're starving and then that first huge mouthful of grill is just amazing. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Michael, this one's for you. My good buddy the sperm whale is embarrassed about something other than the fact that she's called a sperm whale, which is embarrassing <laughs> enough. What is it? Is it that A, her blowhole is off-center, B, she can only eat with her eyes closed, or C, she used to date Moby Dick? Oh, uh, I think you were just going to say she used to date Moby, which is equally embarrassing. Um, I think um, I'm going to say blowhole off-center. Yes, that is right. Nice, yeah. All right, your turn, Sarah. So my best friend is a killer whale. And his name is Willie. He's not, I should say, he's not the same Willie from the movie Free Willie, different Willie. He prefers to be called an orca. Why do you think that is? Okay, is it because orcas are A, vegetarians, B, really big fish, not whales, or mm. C, more accurately described as dolphins? Hmm. I want to say that it's because they're closer to dolphins. So see. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Orca whales or killer whales are actually the largest species of dolphins. Whalers right. used to call them the killers of whales, mm. which is maybe yeah. where the confusion comes from. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you're, we just call them posers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that you have friends with so many other species. It's, we have I don't a believe lot of friends. it. There's not a lot to do under the ocean except uh, make friends and have a good time. <laughs> All right, we got a few more. Michael, you're up. All right, hit me. Baleen whales <laughs> are the best whales, and I should know because I am a baleen whale. What makes us so awesome? Is it A, baleen whales have bumpy fins to help them attract a mate? Is it B, because baleen whales have bristle-like structures in their mouth? Or is it C, because baleen whales are just really funny? <laughs> I mean, see, obviously, but it's baleen. This is like the one thing I know about whales, right? Oh, yeah. Let's go. They have like little reedy little teeth, and that's how they catch little algae and krill and stuff. And I read a lot of zoo books when I was a kid. That's the only thing I remember. And I should say, I I really do appreciate you saying that it's both B and C, because we also are quite funny. I mean, obviously. All right, Sarah, this is the last clue of the game, and it's for you. This might be TMI. But we whales collect a lot of earwax. What makes our earwax special? What is it about that whale earwax? Is it that it makes an amazing whale-scented candle? Mm. B, is the main source of protein for krill? Or C, it can, t- it can help you tell how old a whale is? These are all oh, disgusting. I bet they it's C. And I wonder if it's because it has rings like a tree. But C sounds right to me. C is the right answer. That is yeah. right. And not quite rings like a tree, but related. It's um, it's layers. Cool. It's the layers. So I guess their earwax becomes lighter when it's feeding and darker when it's migrating. So then scientists can look at the different gradations really of the cool. earwax, which I know. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting and- even to me. And we're talking about my earwax. So <laughs> I get it. I'm getting to the age where my ear hair is a good indication of the age that I I am. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, you guys did great. Thanks, Jonathan Carlton. <laughs> Fantastic. Good game. Okay. Jonathan Colton is back. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, fantastic. I hope oh, I didn't miss go? anything important. 
<laughs> it was there was a whole visit from a whale thing that happened. You're kidding me! But he'll yeah. be back, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope yeah. So. We'll, we'll we'll probably get him for another show. We'll have more with Michael and Sarah after the break. And from whales to lizards, we'll play Is It a Lizard? with documentary filmmakers Rachel Grady and Heidi Ewing. You'd have to be cold-blooded to miss this one. (laughs) I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and adding more salt and vanilla extract than the recipe calls for, because why not? I'm Jonathan Colton, and here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. I like an almond extract. Thanks, Jonathan. We're on the line with the hosts of the You're Wrong About podcast, Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall. Are you ready for another game? Yes. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Okay, some movies get changed when they are distributed internationally uh, because they need to be more culturally relevant to the country they are being released in. So in this game, you are going to tell us the title of a film based on a description of what has changed once they had it in the international market. Okay. Sound easy enough? Yes. It sounds fun enough. All right, so you're going to go back and forth and compete yet again. Sarah, this is for you. In the Japanese version of this 2015 Pixar film, Riley and her disgust emotion are grossed out by green peppers instead of broccoli. Cool. Um, I feel like that has to be inside out. That is totally inside out. (laughs) I was going to make up a rule where I could steal, like I could hit a red button and just like take Sarah's point. This isn't family feud. <laughs> I know. I love that. Also, you're like, you have a red button. If you have a red button in your house yeah, by all that means. you would like to bring to this, yeah. I'm, I'm into it and you could steal. I think podcast host feud would be a good show. Yeah. Just, you know, throwing that out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm positive it's been tried. It might be in development. I don't know. know. There's not that many podcasts out there. (laughs) I know. It's true. Underrepresented. (laughs) All right, Michael, this is for you. In the Korean version of this 2014 Marvel film, Steve Rogers' list of things he needs to catch up on includes Old Boy and Dance Dance Revolution instead of I Love Lucy and Steve Jobs. Uh, Winter Soldier? It was Captain America Winter Soldier. That's right. Mm. Yep. I think that's a good update. I think they should... Change that for all versions. I don't know how Steve Rogers would feel about Old Boy. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that movie to him. <laughs> you know he's against swearing. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, it certainly relates to his experience to an extent. So yes. <laughs> all right, Sarah. For international releases of this 2012 film, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner created a new opener with title cards and photos from 1865 to explain just what was going on in America at that time. Oh, cool. I'm sure a lot of Americans could have used that. Um, (laughs) You're so right. And I'm going to say it was Lincoln. (laughs) Yeah, it was Lincoln. Again, they should have just kept that for the American market. I mean, also, I was just thinking, can you imagine Americans, I guess, watching 
a, a legislative drama about another country's. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, no, no, yeah, like yeah. the passing of the poll tax under <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. You don't see that being a big hit here. Exactly. But that would actually be a good movie. <laughs> All right, this is the last question. It's for you, Michael. In the German version of this 1988 action film, Carl is named Charlie, Heinrich is Henry, and Hans Gruber is known as Jack Gruber. It's got to be Die Hard. It is Die Hard. Yeah, that's right. Jack Gruber. Jack Jack Gruber. Because we know Alan Rickman came across totally German in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, not at all, just a British guy occasionally remembering to do a German accent a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I don't know how, what they did with Yippie Kaye, Yippie Kaye hair mover. I don't know. Well done. I feel like uh, you pretty much nailed that one. That was uh, perfect. Perfect. You know your movies, you know your international markets. We know our whales. We know our underground mammals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall host the You're Wrong About podcast. Thank you so much. You can bay so lean much. on us anytime. You need to say <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, that I've been way saving to go. that. I've been saving it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to these women. Heidi Ewing and Rachel Grady co-founded Loki Films, the studio behind the documentaries Jesus Camp, Freakonomics, the movie, and their new series Love Fraud is available on Showtime. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Heidi. Hello. Well, hello, Fiora and Jonathan. Hi. I watched and loved Love Fraud, (laughs) which uh, is a docuseries about a con man who seduces women and they fully uh, fall in love with him and then he basically drains their savings and has many women going on at the same time. And, you know, your presence as your voice is in this series. We hear you asking questions to the guy at the end, the con man. We, We hear your voice trying to like sort of deal with things throughout that. That is a little unusual. We'd never done it before. We right. didn't want to do it. They well, made us do it. We've no <laughs> stop. Well, well, she, we also, she made us do it. She made us do it. We never. We have never chased a con man with a long lens around the United States before either. So this That's was the first. For <laughs> a us. lot of firsts. A, a lot of firsts, and you know, basically after the first few weeks of filming, Heidi and I decided like we are going yeah. to help these women try to bring some justice because, you know, these are single moms that don't make a lot of money and they, they didn't have the resources or time or bandwidth to like get this guy to stop. And Heidi and I said, dang it, we got nothing else to do. We're his worst nightmare. And that's what happened. Uh, do you still, I know that at one point you tried, maybe attempted, maybe it's completed to do a documentary on your son's pet snake stripey no 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 this is a leopard gecko so <laughs> leopard gecko. a leopard gecko yes um well heidi and i did try and make a short film we did make a short film okay. about about him uh very short it was a minute long uh, it was great. it was part of a uh something called i don't know if you guys know what an exquisite corpse is it's almost like playing a game of telephone you get the last shot 
of what the person before you did. Awesome. And it's, and it's supposed to inspire you. And the last shot was a snail was a snail. And I said, Heidi, this is Stripey's moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to Petco and we, we shot a snail. And then from there, we got the shopping for Stripey's food, which is disgusting. Which is crickets. And, yeah. and like it. it was just one of those things that when we got it for my son, who was six at the time, we didn't realize they live for 20 years. <laughs> Yeah. You were hoping for like a couple, two years. Two is fine. Two is fine. (laughs) 20 years. I I was like, oh no. And and then. (laughs) Oh no. no. But then you have to keep them. You can't, you need to model well. You can't just throw up pets because you realize that they're going to live. Too much. Yeah. I'm glad you said that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. You You cannot. But that you've just set up so beautifully, thank you, without even knowing it, uh, the game we would like to play with you. Your okay. first game. Oh, my God. You is, get Stripey, to, is Stripey about to bust out? Here's what's happening. You get to play America's favorite quiz show game. It's called Is It a Lizard? Oh, my God. Okay. That's right. See? This is what I expected. <laughs> Cricket. Your silence indicates <laughs> so, your confusion. Right. We get it. So this is all it is. Uh, we are going to describe an animal, and you just have to tell us whether it is or is not a lizard. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. And then, okay, and Heidi and I are doing this together. No, we'll go back and forth. We'll okay. go back and forth. Got so it. you are okay. you are you're competing against each other. Are you, I mean, you work together all the time. Are you competitive? Uh, we're competitive against ourselves. We're very hard on ourselves and oh, we yeah. kind of compete who can be shittier to themselves. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Who can beat themselves up and who, who wins that is, or does you trade uh, that w- with that win? It's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough call. She's Catholic <laughs> okay. and I'm a Jew. So we're really like neck and neck. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. We'll both bring your expertise. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Heidi, this, this was for you. I'm going to describe this this thing, and you just have to say, is it a lizard or no? Okay. Every part of the common five-lined skink's name is accurate. It's commonly found through the eastern half of the U.S. It has five white or yellowish lines running the length of its body, and it's a skink. But is it a lizard? Um, I, I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's a lizard. I'm sorry. It is a lizard. A skink. It is a lizard. And you know what? I'm going to say it looks like it it does look very common. I know it's always insulting when they put that in a description. I feel common. Oh, it's a a common skink? (laughs) It's a very common. You look at that and you're like, I've seen that around. It's also, it's also extremely, it's extremely basic, that particular skink. Yeah, yeah. So basic. That's too bad. But I'm going to start saying instead of like rats or damn, I'm going to start saying skink. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel. The black and white tegu is about four feet long with alternating dark and light stripes. Its high intelligence and ability to use a litter box made it a popular pet, but it has become an invasive species in Florida and Georgia. Is it a lizard? Um, I'm going to answer that, but the litter box thing is gross. Gross! <laughs> uh-huh, for sure. Super gross. It's gross under the best circumstances. Um, it is indeed. Uh, I think it. I think it is. The answer is yes. You are correct. It is. It is indeed a lizard. That's right. All I gotta say is Georgia does not deserve invasive species. No. Agreed. Agreed. 
They also, deserve better than that. Nobody should keep a lizard that needs diapers. <laughs> yeah, I was just, like, oh my, no, it's gross. All right, Heidi, how about this one? All right, alligator gars. That's those are alligator gars look menacing with long snouts filled with needle-like teeth and heavily armored bodies. Not only are they voracious predators, gar eggs are highly toxic, which is one reason they have been around for millions of years. It's called an alligator, but it is not an alligator. Is it a lizard? Hell no. You are correct. It is not a lizard. <laughs> Hell no, it's, that's, a, that's ain't no lizard. It's a fish. <laughs> really? Um, I have a question, though. How how big are the eggs? Because aren't fish eggs like teeny weeny weensy weensies? Like caviar? Oh, they are fish egg size. Oh, they are fish egg oh, size. Got it, got it. So they are, <sighs> but they are very toxic. Do If anyone ever serves you alligator gar caviar, say, <laughs> Don't eh, eat it. I it's understand what's going on here. <laughs> Exactly. Say, I got a line I need to sell you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, here's the last one, Rachel. Okay. Named for a legendary monster with a killing gaze, the basilisk has a distinctive high crest similar to a rooster's comb. It also has its own superpower, the ability to run across water by moving so fast, it traps pockets of air under its feet. Is it a lizard? 100%. You, you are correct. Very confidently, you are correct. That yeah. is so. That is so lizardy. All of that, but super lizardy. And it can run really fast and has a mm-hmm. has a jowly rooster thing. I felt totally good. I felt a good about that one. Yep. It yeah. has, because it walks on water, it has a nickname of the Jesus Christ lizard. Because when you see it running across the water, you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's but that's the lizard they uh they always show and like that's that's in the you know beginning of like every nature promo. show. Yeah, right. That's right. David promo or like the always talks about him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You both did great. Oh, thanks. I feel like we've learned a lot. Rachel, on that last one, when you were going through the traits, I felt like we were in your house just mm-hmm. talking about everyday observations you have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, this is just like when lizards become part of your life. Yes. You, um, you, 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 you're, you're, you're one with them. And just the, like, I get a feel just as soon as you said the air pockets in the feet, I just, I just knew, I just knew in my heart. (laughs) The lizard lizard literally does have a hole through his head. So you can, you can see through it. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm always like. So, so uh, you know, we've gotten some stuff out of it. But my, my son was interested in Stripey for about a day and a half. What's the, yeah, what's, so how right. long ago did you get the lizard? What are we looking at on the countdown clock at this point? Um, I, I have uh, like 17 and a half more years. Okay, all right. It's not bad, not bad. That's just like, that's about as long as it would be if you had another baby right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to play another game? Yeah, already. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> no. No, thank you. No, this, this is this is you'll do great. You'll take turns answering these questions again. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to describe a geographical location that is also the name of a common object. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you're just going to tell us the name of the place or thing. Okay. I took a tour through Mexico's largest state and was literally hounded the entire time by some of the world's tiniest dogs. Rachel. Oh, 
Chihuahua. That's right. Chihuahua. <laughs> oh my god, that Chihuahua. was so that was too easy. That was so no, damn easy. But also I, I the dog I have is a Chihuini. I have it's a Chihuini. Yes, I have a Chihuini. A Chihuini. Half Chihuahua, half Dachshund, and they're called Chihuinis. Oh. So it has the oh long, goodness. gorgeous hot dog body and the head of a Chihuahua. So I'm a big that Chihuahua fan. That sounds like fan. a cute dog. That sounds like a very cute dog. All right, Heidi, for an extravagant prom night, fancy teens can travel to this French administrative region in this very long chauffeured car. Oh, limousine. Is that, fr- is that French? A limousine? Limousine. limousine. That's right. It is uh, named after the region in France because the hood of the car was thought to resemble the hooded cloaks of shepherds in the area. What? How I what? what does that mean? I don't I, get that. It's because they, somebody saw the car and they were like, do you know what that reminds me of? Do you know those shepherds in France? <laughs> no, no, in limousine. And you know the hoods they wear? And somebody's like, yeah, it looks exactly like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, Rachel. This one's harder. Mm. Calling all horse girls. It's time to take a pilgrimage to the blue city of India wearing your most fashionable riding breeches. Jodhpurs? Yes! Jodhpurs! Wow, look at you. Nice! Good girl! I might be a a game person. Something's happening. (laughs) I've literally never won anything in my my life. This is it's, it's, this feels different, well, Heidi. I like let, it. I don't let me tell you we, something. I don't think we win anything, though. No, there's no winning <laughs> no, on NPR. There's no, no, no winning. Emotionally, emotionally. I don't <laughs> oh, need, yeah. I don't oh, yes, need, yes, yes. I don't need stuff. <laughs> All right, Heidi, this is the last one. Oh, okay. This is the last one. It's for you. When I ate a spoonful of ground hot red pepper, it was so spicy that I hallucinated and thought I had been transported to this capital of French Guyana. Cayenne? This is Cayenne is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Well done. Two hard ones. Nice. You, you guys both uh, both came through. Fantastic. Oh, my God. We've actually <laughs> studied a globe a couple times in life. We got a, <laughs> yeah. We got 100%. You did. I, I do <laughs> like this little fact, though, about Cayenne. The word comes from the, from the indigenous Brazilian Tupi language where it means pepper. So when we say Cayenne pepper, we're just saying pepper, pepper. Pepper, pepper. Like idiots. <laughs> like like pepper, idiots. pepper squared. <laughs> like idiots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just love that. Okay, excellent. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. This is fun. Hi to Ewing's first narrative feature, I Carry You With Me, is coming this spring. And the docuseries she made with Rachel Grady, Love Fraud, is available now on Showtime. Coming up, comedian Michelle Buteau is here for some real talk about parenting, and she'll play a music parody about stuff from the Netherlands. You only get that kind of content here, people. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, it's time to welcome our special guest. She's a actor, comic, podcast host. Her new book is called Survival of the Thickest, and her latest Netflix special is called Welcome to Butopia. It is Michelle Buteau. Hello! Hey, girl, hey! <laughs> First of all, congratulations, front cover of Parents Magazine. 
I thought oh, that was so cool. You are holding your babies, Otis and Hazel. Yes. And but I just out of curiosity, just for fun, they don't like they weren't like, hey, can I powder Hazel's forehead? <laughs> that is so funny. No, they want to do their hair though, and I was like, look, it does what it do. So good luck. They want I was to like, do their hair. But, um, yeah, and even when we were trying to, like, wrangle them, because, you know, twins that can start to walk, you just feel like you're in a dryer with baby limbs. You're like, okay, did you get it? (laughs) And then there was this this amazing baby wrangler. I forget her name, but she's the best in the business, and that's how they introduced her. And she had, like, she had, like, toys in her bra, and she had, like, a little, and she'd, like, take the little joker out and be like, ah! And the kids were like, what? She's like, Go! And, we're like, ah! and it was like so wild. Like I was being wrangled at the same time. And uh, I said, how are we going to do this? This is so hard for us to get a picture. And they're like, oh, we'll definitely superimpose the best picture, their best faces on their body. And I was like, whoa. I know. Right. I'm like, do it for me too. <laughs> you know, it's also a year ago right now, you were hosting a show at The Circle. Yeah. Which was a social experiment show where the contestants were isolated from each other. Yeah. uh, And could only interact through the internet. A novel concept. (laughs) I'm telling you. Talk about being ahead of your time. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. We actually, it actually dropped January 1st, 2020, which feels like 37 years ago. Absolutely. And um, we just shot season two safely in England, which is really, obviously that's like the great thing about the show is that we could shoot it safely because we are in quarantine. Yeah, But also I just thought it was so important because, um, you know, whether you like social media or not, you have to engage with it somehow. And um, what does your profile picture say about you? Are you giving out too much information or, or not enough? Um, um, why do people catfish? Um, and at the end of it, a lot of them are like, because no one really likes the real me. And that is so sad and important to talk about. So, you know, on paper, when I first read about the circle, I'm just like, competition and you can catfish people? Absolutely not, sir. Rude. <laughs> and then I watched the British version. I was just like, this is so cool, man. This is like, really fun and entertaining and so I'm just glad to be a part of it. Um, and so, you know, and you're no stranger obviously to the podcast radio show world because in 2019 you hosted on WNYC Adulting where you would bring on guests and tackle topics uh, that were fun like is a pet turtle too much of a responsibility <laughs> which is funny thinking about right now in hindsight specifically for you because you are doing the most adulting of all time. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's almost like I, I I did adulting with friend my friend Jordan Carlos, who you know and yeah. I love. And he told me, you know, when you become a parent, you have to parent yourself. And I didn't know what he meant. I mm. thought he just meant like fold your laundry. But I'm like, oh, you really have to check yourself all the time because you're an example for better or for worse for these young minds. And it's like, okay, what are we gonna do about this? You know, um, the biggest thing that happened for me was um, not getting my kids baptized because my family is very Catholic. My uncle uh, is the Archbishop of Jamaica. And so when I picked the, yeah, I had to get them baptized because I'm the only child and my mom's like, don't disappoint me. And (laughs) I still fold like a beach chair, like when she brings that up. And so 
I picked really good friends to be godparents and two of the godmothers, uh, both godmothers are gay. And, uh, you know, when I told my mom and they met the family, they're like, oh, this is, they're great, but they can't stand um, at the altar because um, the church doesn't recognize homosexuality. I was like, it's legal. And they're like, but not in the church. And I'm like, but they were straight when I met them 20 years ago. Was there a loophole? And I was just like, you guys, come on. Like, these are my friends. This is my chosen family. And so it was such a big moment for me in my 40s, working so hard to be a parent, to finally put my nine and a half foot down and be like, I can't get these kids baptized because, you know, my friends are enough. They're always enough, no matter who they are, what they are. And I, I can't be that example for uh, my kids. How did I get onto this? No, you that's, know what? Uh, no, it's so, but wait a second. Just add, <laughs> too, so, real, ha- too much realness. I know. That's I hard. know. I know. I was just like, I should definitely <laughs> save this for my therapy session later. <laughs> but t- so how did your family react where they were like, we, we will revisit? Is it, is, your, is it the kind of thing where then it just goes unspoken? Yeah, it, it's uh, definitely unspoken, but it's always there. Yeah. Which sucks because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be a thing. Yeah, I call that the simmer, the family yes. simmer. Let's just have yes. it simmer. How long? Ten years? I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> but, you know, that thing, the, the parenting word that I didn't know before is modeling. Like, you're always modeling for your kid, which, yeah, I feel like it pushes every button. Because all of a sudden, uh, as soon as my child repeats something back to me in the tone and the words that I'm using, I'm like, wow, that is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm always so impressed that they use like a curse word correctly. I'm like, well, yes. Then you get it. I'm yeah, not worried is about a, you. That is a source of no small amount of pride is when, you, when your child can curse in a grammatical way. That's very satisfying. Yes, I think so. That actually happened to me is that uh, my kid did curse at school and we got a call. And luckily the teacher was cool and said, well, I got to say it was the right context. <laughs> Look, (laughs) look, I love that. On top of everything else, you have a new book, a memoir that came out in December, Survival of the Thickest. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, You were writing this for how long? How long were you putting this together? Oh, girl, that's so crazy. You know, (laughs) I've had this idea for like six years, but it kind of didn't go anywhere because it was originally supposed to be called Maintaining Chunky, A Thick Girl's Guide to Not Getting Fat, dot, 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 or Skinny. (laughs) But I just felt like a very lazy Jillian Michaels where I'm just like, work out if you want, but also who cares? And I couldn't get past (laughs) like 20 pages for like six years. And then when I started podcasting and like just telling these like kind of crazy stories that didn't fit into the stand-up world. And then uh, Simon and Shushu were like, we love the podcast. Can you just write a bunch of essays? I said, I could do that. Yeah. I can do that. And I just started writing. It was it, it was a lot. I'm not going to lie. I thought that, I oh, I, I'll bring the twins home and I'll have time to write when they're sleeping. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. And then I was like, you know, I'll just take the twins to like Mallorca with a nanny and then I'll just like write in the cool Mediterranean breeze while Ooh. eating a paella in between. Fantastic. What? <laughs> Cut to me on the subway with one finger trying to type. Girl, it was a mess. In the bathroom on my phone, a computer. 
in closets. I, yeah, I've done a lot of work sitting with my back against my tub. Yeah, <laughs> that's how John that. Mayer writes all his songs. <laughs> really? It's sitting on Is the floor true? of his bathroom? Ask Jessica Sisson. You know? Hey, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so your your husband that you also talk about in your book, he's Dutch. Very. Do you speak Dutch? Have you picked up any Dutch? You know, it's like a bitch in Netherlands. Okay. I yeah. hype it. I don't really, you know. I can do this. I, I can do gugade to Maine. That's what yeah, I can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what is that? What does that mean? It's just, hi, how, how are, are you? you? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you like that salty black licorice? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Mom jokes. Oh, Actually, I don't like licorice. I have no. It's sort of like people with cilantro. I do love oh. a good coriander, but I can't do licorice. Right. It just makes me fold like a fitted sheet. How many times could she fold? We'll figure it out. Many, many times. And you put the corners in together. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, are you ready for your ask me another challenge? I hope so. I have my good exercise bra on. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's it is a workout. Your husband was born in the Netherlands, so you kind of know about some Dutch stuff. Yeah. Strap in. Jonathan Colton is going to lead this game in a game we called Holland Opus. <laughs> we have changed the lyrics to Van Halen songs Ooh. to make them about famous things developed in or associated with the Netherlands. Oof. This makes no sense. Why did we do this? Because <laughs> Eddie and Alex Van Halen were born there. So Aww. to earn the point... All you have to do is name the thing that I'm singing about or the Van Halen song that I'm parodying. Oh, of course, my goodness. I'm going to be doing these Van Halen songs in the way they were intended on an acoustic guitar. Uh, of course. <laughs> if you don't know either of those things, you can just explain to us the difference between Holland and the Netherlands. Okay. Okay, here we go. Old world was... Oh, wow. Wow, it's high. That's the problem with Van Halen. It's very high. Here we go. <laughs> it is. Old world was captured and under its spell. Those bulbs, they cost a lot A frightful flower that's shaped like a bell Until the bubble popped Okay, I have, I want to say you're talking about tulips. I am talking about tulips, yeah. that's correct. Do you know tulips were originally um, Turkish and um, a bunch of <sighs> really? kings loved them and then they're like, bring them over here and they became a national product and one tulip actually cost a whole servant's year, uh, a, a year of a servant's pay. How mm -hmm. yeah. gross. That's yeah. right. Okay. The, the famous uh, tulip mania. And uh, there was, it was actually one of the first uh, examples of, a, of, a, of an investment uh, bubble, a market collapsing. It happened mm -hmm. in 1637. Michelle, did you know the name of that song that I played? No, boo. I most <laughs> certainly did not. <laughs> it was called I'll Wait. Oh, okay. All right, here's the next one. They are made of poplar My shoes They cover my whole foot My shoes They are safety rated These are my wooden shoes Yellow with red leaves I mean, you're talking about a clog, right? I'm talking about mm -hmm. clogs. That's exactly what I'm talking about, yeah? You know, my sister-in-law... Um, raises horses um and so she lives on a farm and so i was always like what's up with the clogs and she i i don't know if this is right or wrong but she was like oh we wear clogs because when you're farming and a cow or a horse steps on your foot you don't want your foot to a break 
And that's why we have clogs. And they just sort of like taken off. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes tons of sense. It's sort of like a hard hat for your feet. Yeah. <laughs> because when you go to farms, because when she turned 40, we all, we all went to a bed and breakfast called the Cow and Chandelier Farm because it was a cow farm and they love chandeliers. And you could milk <laughs> cows uh, to a sh- like under a chandelier. No way. And you can't. You can't make this up, and why would I? And right. so they, they pass out little clogs before you go into the the farm. And so, God, this is, I can't, who am I? It's okay. the best. This is the best. This I, is no, like, I love this. This is like, I mean, trust me, if there was a bar down the street in Brooklyn called Cows and Chandeliers, there is no true. way that would not be just packed 24-7. And I also love that you were like, I actually have a story related to uh, (laughs) two wooden shoes and getting stepped on by cows. And also involves chandeliers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Michelle, do you know the name of the song that I was just singing? Oh, I don't. I recognize the song, but I was like, I have to think of one thing at a time. That was Right Now is the name of the song. Oh, okay. I was like, yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay, here's another one. Crazy stairway in relativity. Drawing hands, drawing hands, drawing hands, and tessellations. Those lithographic hands and tessellations. Graphic hands? Lithographic hands. A lithograph? Uh, like a, a hand drawing itself? Oh of, uh, no, I don't know. Oh, you know just with stairways, staircases, upside spe- down staircases. Uh, as an artist, uh, is it Van Gogh? No, no. Is I, love it... I love the way you said that. Oh. <laughs> 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 I know that's a, that's a flex. That's that a flex, right there. No, we're looking for M. C. Escher. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Well, I'm that's not that all right. cool. How about the that name is, of this? You guys are making this hard. I like it. <laughs> How about the song? Do you know the song? No, girl. It was hot for teacher. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, here's another one. Okay. Just like Pete Townsend plays guitar and movie air, I am a spinning machine. For centuries I have been. Okay, windmill. I got that. Windmill. And it was so hard to get that because I love that song, which I can't remember the name of. It is called Jump. It gets exciting. Yes. It's a song about jumping. Everyone likes it. Everyone loves that. Everyone likes jumping. I know. (laughs) And doing a split while you jump. It's just like, who are we? With a scarf. I know. Yes. He was something else. <laughs> Greatest front man ever. So good. Uh, okay, this is the last one. It's got yeast and hops. So tell me why it tastes like skunk. The bottle's green. Oh, yeah, that's why it tastes like skunk. Oh, Heineken? Heineken, yeah. that is right. Founded in the <laughs> Netherlands so in the 1800s. Why, why does everyone think that Heineken is German? It's so annoying. I know. Also, I prefer, not that we're going to need to talk about it, 
I love a good Belgian beer. I love a good beer with mm. a higher alcohol content, so I'm not wasting my calories. I'm doing what I got to do right away. Give me that soft Bavarian pretzel <laughs> with that cold leffa. Sign me up. Let's yeah. say a prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Amen. Yes. I, I hallelujah. Appreciate. Hallelujah. Yeah. Michelle, I have to ask, did you know the name of that song that I played? Girl, you know I didn't know the name <laughs> okay. of that song. Oh, good. I'm glad I asked anyway. It was called Why Can't This Be Love? Oh, I thought it was Body Yaddy Yaddy by Meg Thee Stallion. Thank <laughs> There's you that so one much. Too. <laughs> they sound similar. Thank you so much. Michelle Buteau's new book is called Survival of the Thickest and her latest Netflix special. Welcome to Butopia is out now. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Now I want beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Julia Melfi, Scott Ross, and senior writers Camilla Franklin and Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seychow, James Farber, Ramel Wood, and our intern Sophie hernandez Simeonithas. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. 